0: Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. One of the biggest news stories of the week, and it's it's honestly kind of a shocker. It's it's huge, uh, but after only one year of not having Drew Brees, Sean Payton is stepping away. So that it, that shakes up things violently because it's the timing's a little bit weird because it, it didn't it take place, you know, on on Black Monday when all these other teams are planning for not having a head coach. Um, And I I almost wonder if the Saints even had advance notice of this, but it is a huge monumental shift. I mean, we're talking about a guy, I think he accounts for over half of the Saints overall wins. Um, He has like a 68% win percentage or something like that. And if you look at him prior to him, I mean, he made the Saints. The Saints truly were the ain'ts before he got here. So just absolutely huge. Uh, What does this mean for the
1: NFL? I mean, this is one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL currently, so uh, it's a big shift for them. Um, opens, <clears throat> opens things up to the Saints regress back to being the Aints uh, without, you know, Sean Payton there. Um, how much of a gap does that kind of leave for them? And uh, how long before he takes over the Dallas Cowboys?
2: Yeah, I think to me that's the weirdest thing is like the timing of it and and the fact that the same day he's already being rumored and linked to the eventual Dallas Cowboys job when McCarthy gets fired because we all know that's coming. Um to me that it's like so it's not that he doesn't love football, it's not that he's tired of the preparation, it's not that he wants out of coaching, he just wants out of New Orleans. Yeah. He
0: it's it's I, I we're going to talk about it a little bit, but I the it's just it's almost like I I don't know. It's it's almost like he got super buzzed or like drunk one night, and you know you make a bunch of mistakes, and you wake up the next day, and then you all of a sudden have to address all the things that you did last night. That's what I kind of feel about Sean Payton over this last year. Like Drew Brees leaves, he fucking throws up this weird extension with with Taysom Hill, um, and you know, really in quarterback purgatory for them. So it's without. You know Drew Brees. I think he looked at that team and he's like, "Ah, do I really like this city? You know, do I really want to stay here?" And and like you
2: you were saying earlier, Derek, he doesn't even live in New Orleans. So No, he commutes from Dallas already. Yeah. Uh, he already lives in Dallas and commutes to New Orleans. Like during the, it's not like, oh, that's where he lives in the off season. No, he he commutes during the regular season and like has an apartment. And like his much, family lives in Dallas.
0: <laughs> as much as I love New Orleans, it's not a place I'd want to live. <laughs>
2: It's, no, it's a fun place to host a party, and then you wash your hands of it. For sure, absolutely, <laughs> yeah.
1: That living there, living there for me would be very dangerous. <laughs> so for me, the
0: well, first thing I thought about when I saw this Sean Payton news is: Does this affect the Tom Brady decision? Because the Tom Brady Slayer is now gone from the NFC South, uh, and Sean Payton. If you look at it, I mean, he he absolutely has destroyed Brady four of the last six times they've played, or four of the last five times they played. He's won, obviously the important one. He lost in the playoffs, but uh, so that that makes things pretty interesting. I mean, the, with, with the NFC South now, I mean, without Sean Payton, you you got to think the Saints are going to take a step back. Uh, the Falcons still suck. The Panthers still suck. I mean, he could easily come back and rule it next year.
1: I mean, uh, absolutely. Um, the division is is the Bucks for the taking. Obviously, they want it this year. Um, The Saints, with better quarterback play, probably win a few more games than they did. Right. But they don't have a quarterback right now. Jameis Winston's about to be a free agent. If I'm Jameis, without Sean Payton, there is no way I want to go back to New Orleans. Why would I do that? Also, their cap situation is bad, right? So, plus you got Michael Thomas that wants out. Like, if I'm a guy who is already wants out, there's no way that's going to make me want to go back. And then, I mean, it's just – this is a bad situation. So, they're already over the cap. They're going to have to cut some players and get rid of and manipulate the cap and do all this other stuff. So, I mean, I just – it leaves the door. I I think that they're going to be bad here, in, in, in if not next year, in a few years.
2: Yeah, defense is good, but it's it's so fucking old. Like, yeah. that defense could fall off a cliff any minute. Um, so, that's obviously – you don't have any money to fix that. And they're also rocking probably the worst wide receiver core in the league. So if you're a, a head coach, why would you want to go there? If you're a quarterback, why would you want to go there or stay there? Um, they're they're in a tough spot for sure. And I think that's kind of why Peyton's like, all right, uh, see you guys later. Did he give a formal reason? No? Nope. Steve says um, he's he, so he wants to time away. He said he's stepping away.
1: Not going to pull the health card like Irvin Meyer? Not- <laughs> Apparently he had conversations with the GM and ownership and stuff like that and told them, you know, he was, he was going to consider whatever his options or what they all tried to talk him out of it and he still chose to step away. So, yeah. Wow. I would, I think I
0: would have at least pulled the Oh, my heart, like urban Meyer. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's kind of, it's devastating for the saints. Absolutely devastating. Um, Geez, I mean, he literally made them. Uh, you got to think the morale was at an all time low for that whole fan base because the year that he left, I mean, it did not go well uh, when he got suspended for uh, bounty gate. So wow, that's that's wild. Kevin James had to coach. I can't even think of a. I, can you guys even think of an example of this ever happening before? Where a coach just kind of tired of a team, but he also didn't say like I'm retiring. It's basically it's it's like it's like if you're in a relationship and you're like, listen like I don't want to see you anymore like uh, I don't I'm not gonna like stop dating but I'd like to stop dating you like rather than just saying like hey I'd like to break up like uh, I'd like to stop dating like not not all people but you I'd like (laughs) to stop dating you right
2: now yeah it's definitely weird because in the NFL too like coach how often do coaches go out on their own terms and retire like, usually they get fired and they're like, ah, I'm over this. I'm not going to do it anymore. There's not a lot of times where a coach, like, could just stay. Like, if, obviously, you know, Belichick eventually is going to be the next. He'll be able to leave whenever he wants to. But it's not common. Like, it takes a lot of winning to put yourself in that seat. So
1: so there's a couple instances. I mean, Urban Meyer definitely did it multiple times in college. Um, there were some guys that left NFL teams for college teams. Uh, speaking to you, Bobby Petrino and Nick Saban. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Bill Belichick uh, also did it when he took the head coaching job for the Jets for one day. Then the
2: Patriots' job opened, and he yeah. But immediately, that, those are that. all people leaving for other jobs. Not, nah, I'm just gonna take. I'm just gonna hang out for a little while.
1: Well, yeah. Bill Belichick was like, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go coach them instead of coach the yeah. Jets." You know what I mean? Like that is that him leaving them. And then Bill Parcells, right? Uh, Parcells left uh, the Jets. Uh, retired for a few years and then eventually returned to coach the Cowboys. So
2: yeah, Parcells was a good example. It just, it doesn't happen very often.
0: Right. All right, let's go to some other news and we're actually going to do a different segment uh, this week and going to kind of talk the news through Twitter. So tweets of the week. So my favorite tweet of this week and he's the GOAT of social media. But on this one, I can't tell what the intent is. I mean, I know what the intent is. Oh, you but, know. But I wonder if it's like some some, some low-key shade. Because I, I've never heard anything about Tom Brady and, and Ben Roethlisberger being uh, friends or anything like that. But this one comes from the GOAT, Mr. Tom Brady. And he's also the the social media twope. Uh, goat in case you did not know that I, I fully believe he has a full team that operates his Twitter and every, he does everything with intention is what I'm trying to say. So his Ben Roethlisberger retires this week. Uh, Tom Brady tweets out, Ben defied the TB 12 method in favor of the throw some ice on it method his whole career and ended up an all time great with six pro bowls and two super bowls. There's more than one way to bake a cake. Which is a weird way to end it because I'm not even sure that's an actual like <laughs> metaphor, but just look at that tweet. And for me, that is some low key, low key. It's it's like a backhanded compliment. It's like your grandma that that that's like complimenting you, but she's really actually fucking like totally insulting you. That's that's what I feel like here, and and I I fucking love it.
2: Yeah, it's definitely that's that's how I took it too. It's you know him. I think it's him calling out the specific number of Pro Bowls and Super Bowls just to reaffirm, like, hey, you only have two, and I have seven. Yeah. Um, to me, that's like really where I was like, oh, this is this is fun. Um, but yep, like you said, Tom Brady, man, he's always on it. His social media game is is only paralleled by his on the field game. But the so let's segment the tweet. So Ben defied the TB12 method. So the TB12
0: method is like eating healthy. and like taking being, care being, of yourself being limber yeah. yeah
2: being healthy Work, and limber
0: working out yep it's yeah. like it's like working out so he's like he's like it's and, that, and that's a perfect example it's like someone comes up to the party and goes i love you like you don't even care about how you look you know what i'm saying like if you're, if you're yeah. I, i've actually
2: heard somebody say that I, to somebody else i wish I, I wish i could just not care yeah
0: I, I wish i could just not care like you like how your hair is always so askew like, I, I wish I just didn't yeah. give a fuck how I looked like. And that's basically what he's like Big Ben, you're such a piece of, sh- you're such a fat piece of shit, but you still got it done. Like, that's how the tweet
2: reads to me. Yeah. It's great. Well, I mean, one of the most famous pictures or the one that always sticks in my head when I think of Ben Roethlisberger is him out of practice with like ice on every, yeah. el- like every, every <laughs> joint he has.
0: <laughs> it's been used on so many memes. It's like uh, after a free Pornhub weekend. Right. But, uh, so fucking good, but Ben Roethlisberger retires. Um, has a weird, cringy video. Everything Ben Roethlisberger does is so fucking weird. Every time he posts on social media, like he just seems like somebody I wouldn't really like. And you know, like Tom Brady has like Julian Edelman's like his best friend, and like Wes Walker. and he goes goes and does like Molly at fucking the horse track and shit like that. Like Tom Brady's got tons <laughs> of friends off the field, but I've never heard of like Ben Roethlisberger. Like, oh yeah, I fucking love Big Ben. So. He, he just every time he does like some sort of social media appearance, it always comes off like weird and kind of creepy and robotic. And like he's always got this look on his face like, please don't remember the rape stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, th- it was a weird look. He's like on his like on the couch of his family and like none of his kids look happy to yeah. be in the video. Like, yep. It just it looks just so just over the top enforced.
0: And the kids, like, they're kind of like an accessory. Like, hey, look, I, I'm i a family man. Like, the whole thing is just, he's kind of weird. But I do got to say, I'm going to miss Ben Roethlisberger for a lot of reasons. And number one is, he is so funny to make fun of. I don't know what it is about the guy like he's, he is. He's like this big fumbling idiot, like Tom Brady said. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say it, but he said it. Even the cake metaphor I think it's like hey I don't even eat cake but you probably do fatty um <laughs> he's like yeah big big Ben's gonna like this cake metaphor um but I don't, I'm, I'm gonna miss making fun of Ben Roethlisberger. I mean we, we've made a lot of memes over the last couple of years uh running this page and he is especially one of them I mean quitting porn like the guy was just always a gift always fucking hurt like would have just a completely normal game and then you would all of a sudden find out like yeah Big Ben's got a torn labrum and like all this shit you're like when the fuck did that happen like you kind of think he's like making it up so uh but what is the moment of of Big Ben's career or maybe a series of moments that you're
1: going to miss the most I mean <laughs> <clears throat> the Super bowl uh, the, the past, to San Antonio Holmes in terms of actual feats uh just it's an incredible play. And to come back and win that Super Bowl, like it was an impressive performance. Um, so, I mean, he, he did. And also, the thing that Roethlisberger did well that kind of you appreciated when watching is just he would take these hits and kind of just push guys off and then throw and then still be able to get the ball off. You know what I mean? Like he's just so big and strong um, that it really was a difficult thing for. Uh, defensive ends and, and defensive linemen and stuff like that to get him down when they tried to attack him.
2: Yeah, I definitely think those kind of plays are always fun. It's hard to pick out a specific one. It was just because it's kind of a running theme. It's, you know, This is his toughness, even if some of it was a little fabricated uh, with his you know, inflated injury reports. But I also think one of the big you know, kind of clutch plays uh, when they're playing the Colts, and I think it was a batted ball the interception or a fumble, and he... Is like giving up ground and and manages to get an arm out and trips the guy and if, and if they run that back, which there was open nothing but open field, that game probably Colts win that game. So uh, it's another probably one of those big uh, kind of moments from his career.
0: He's one of those just like big monster dudes, so hard to take down. I mean, just just kind of a he's almost like an old fashioned type quarterback. Like he's never been fast or anything like that. Like always oh, been like this beefy, like just kind of like unit. Um, and he, he really is like, as, as, as much as I, I'm not sure if I really like him as a person, I did enjoy him as a player. I always rooted for him in the the Patriots matchups. And uh, I, I, one thing that I love about Ben Roethlisberger though, is he truly was a gunslinger. Like the guy fed his wide receivers and he really, when he was at his prime was a guy that just took shots downfield, which I always appreciated. So, you know, he, Made a lot of mistakes, came up short a lot in the big moment. But one thing about Ben Roethlisberger that he couldn't say is the guy took a lot of chances. And you got to think about how many great wide receivers that guy had. I don't know if it was just a great run for the Steelers in terms of, like, drafting wide receivers or if Big Ben just made a lot of these guys really good. Because you remember, it was was like Santonio Holmes, Mike Wallace. It was like every wide receiver he's ever had was always really good through his entire career, and I'm talking from his rookie season all the way to when he retired. Like he always had a top five, top ten wide receiver in the league, uh, and a lot of it had to do with him the way he was able to stretch the field. and I just love the guy's aggression, for sure. Definitely. <clears throat> so if you guys had to do a redraft of that draft, and obviously it's it's an epic draft. Eli Philip, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Eli River, or, yeah, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. Like if you had to lump all those players in that draft class, who would you take first?
2: For me, it's Roethlisberger for sure. Um, I, I think the the only way to really do this is is just say, kind of independently, try to isolate the three and plug them in each other's situations. Uh, I think Ben wins every game that that Eli won and more in New York. I think he wins both those Super Bowls, maybe a third. Um, and, sh- and then even in with the Chargers in San Diego, I think. Maybe he gets to a Super Bowl. Um, obviously, there's some flawed teams over there. Um, but I, I definitely take Ben first, probably Philip Rivers second, because I think if you put Philip Rivers in, in New York, he wins both of those Super Bowls too, probably. Um, or yeah, Eli went 500. Like, that it's not, I, I think I, both of the other guys could do that, and, and then Eli last.
1: I mean, I think that's, that's the correct order. Don't get me wrong, I think Eli is a good quarterback. Like, I'm not disparaging him as a quarterback, but. I just kind of felt like Philip Rivers was always a better quarterback. He had mm-hmm. more control of the game and what was going on. And if you look at those Chargers teams, he was never the reason that they were losing. You, you know what I mean? Like when they would have those playoff exits, they ran into obviously a lot of Peyton Manning and a lot of Tom Brady uh, and a lot of Ben Roethlisberger, right? And then they would just – they're. I've never seen a team so injured, right? The Chargers were always injured, key players missing all the time. Whether it's a wide receiver or LaDamian Tomlinson getting hurt, or uh, you know their defense, Sean Merriman and all those guys, like that kind of was a, their biggest issue. I felt like most of the time, I never really thought that he was the reason that they were losing those games, and I just felt like he was more of he could win more games than really Eli could. Um, so I would probably rank them in this in the
2: same order as well. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Rivers is in a weird position where he's a fringe Hall of Famer um, and was probably never better than fourth best in his conference the entire time he played. I mean, so
1: I think he's similarly similar to Dan Marino in that accumulates a ton of yardage, never really gets it done, um, but. He probably, you're, you're right, he probably never was the best quarterback, whereas Marino was the best quarterback uh, in the league at times. Yeah. So
0: As I look at these three quarterbacks, I was talking about Ben Roethlisberger being uh, gold for content. All three of these guys, how much content are these guys provided. This is like maybe the most entertaining quarterback class of all time. Uh, and I, I, I got to rank it exactly like you guys. However, I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. And I heard somebody say this earlier this week, and I kind of agree with their, their premise. But what happens if Philip if you flipped Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger's situations? Uh, you put Philip Rivers with that Steelers team, which was very successful prior to that pick, by the way. Um, and you put Roethlisberger with the Chargers. You know, Chargers, fucking shitty organization, always have been, maybe always will be. There's just some, there's like a stink about that team and. You know, Philip Rivers played with some talented teams too, but it, nothing compared to what the situation that Roethlisberger went in uh, in terms of the coaching staff that he inherited um, and just the organization as a whole. So I do wonder if, because if you look at them statistically, they're very similar players uh, statistically. Um, and I just wonder if you would have switched their situations, what Philip Rivers would have done. Uh, so yeah, that's it's just kind of interesting to me. But yeah, I think I think I think I would absolutely rank
1: him exactly like you guys did. I, I think. It'd be fair to say that Ben Roethlisberger had the best development system out of the three of them, for um, sure, no doubt. So, about it. So, I mean, his first Super Bowl, he he didn't, he wasn't the reason that they won that. You know what I mean? Like uh, that, the rest of that team was absolutely loaded around him. Um, whereas, I don't know that you would say that Philip Rivers ever ever could have won a Super Bowl without having to win it. Um, so. It is fast. I, I remember when
0: Roethlisberger came in, I think he won like his first 11 games or something like that. Like the fucking Steelers just immediately hit stride. Like Steelers went from, you know, kind of being like a, a, a defensive powerhouse. that was always trying to find their identity because they, they were going back and forth from quarterbacks. I think the quarterback for him was like Tommy Maddox, right? Correct. Um, they, they went through so many guys and then Roethlisberger comes in and then the Steelers era just clicks in from that point on. I mean, he was it. He was the perfect puzzle piece to, to fit into that organization at that exact time. Um, and that was that, those were exciting teams to watch. And at the first, when I first watching him, Ro- Roethlisberger that first season, I'm looking at this guy like, man, is this guy the fucking goat? Like this guy can't lose. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it, he is fascinating. I love to make fun of him, but I mean, he really has. It's, it's been an interesting player, and I do wonder. What would have happened with Ben Roethlisberger's career had there not been, you know, the motorcycle accidents, which he got in multiple motorcycle accidents. I don't think he didn't have a helmet both times. I just wonder, like, the guy retired when he was 38. Like, what what could have his late 30s have been if he had used the TB12 method and taken fucking Seriously. care of himself?
2: <laughs> just made any effort to take care of himself.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so uh, I'll get into my my tweet of the week now, now that we're kind of segueing in. Um, so I, I saw a tweet from Colin Cowherd today, actually. Um, I guess he, Baker Mayfield, hung out with kind of a mutual friend or a friend of his, and he was really impressed. And, and obviously Cowherd's a, a very vocal um, Baker Mayfield de- detractor, <laughs> uh, probably the most vocal. And it kind of got me to thinking, you know, obviously he's, he's coming around on Baker as a person, but – I don't think he's been wrong on, on Baker as a football player. Like, I, I do think there's some significant flaws to Baker's game. I was probably a little slower than some people as far as coming around saying, you know, this guy just can't do it at this level. But I'm kind of in that camp now. I, I think he's on his his extra year from his uh, original rookie deal, $18 million this year. It doesn't make sense to move to anyone else. You can't find another quarterback at his level for that amount of money. Um but beyond this, is he an NFL starter? You guys, what? What's the tweet though? So the tweet was basically, if I'm going to be hard a critic of the guy, I also have to be fair. Um, okay, I found Bak- it. So the, the Baker hung out with my friend, and and he was you know nothing but class. Da, 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 da. So
0: the tweet actually says, I've been critical, but I need to be fair too. Baker was at my friend's place tonight. Could not have been nicer and classier. David was really impressed. Made my night. Thank you, Baker. So Colin Coward's kind of throwing some. Hey, like, I know I've been a fucking dick to you, but...
2: (laughs) Yeah, but you're a nice guy. Just in case we ever open the same room someday. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so this is an interesting situation. I got to actually um, hand it to Cowherd. He made a choice about uh, Baker Mayfield from the very beginning. He stuck to his guns, even though Baker looked really good his rookie year, and he looks like a fucking champ at this point. I mean... A lot of guys, especially people like Colin Coward, that talk a lot, they make these statements, and then they end up eating crow later. In his case, he was 100% right, exactly like you said. Um, but I will say also he was very vocal that Sam Darnold was going to be the next big thing in the NFL. So, um, But, yeah, he, Colin Coward that, definitely. That's defi- that USC bias that he's got. He
1: he, it is, he is. He loves Western teams for whatever reason. Yeah, well, he, he moved to the West Coast. I don't know if he's originally from. I think he's originally from Vegas or something, um, but yeah, definitely definitely has a West Coast bias. He's a huge USC fan, so no no surprise that he was on the Sam Darnold train which is, that has proven to be very, very wrong.
0: Right. Uh, a hashtag in this tweet, by the way, is to Slay Italian.
2: What the fuck is that? Yeah, I was I don't know what that was about. I didn't really dive into that one. I was a little scared to click that link. Maybe his buddy is an Italian chef and they were eating Italian food,
1: slaying uh, Italian food. I don't know. That that would be my best guess. No idea.
2: But yeah, for for Baker, like I just think it's for him, you see some guys transition later in their career and, and kind of get a second life. Like Tannehill, you know, it's about finding the right place. Cleveland's obviously kind of a shit show, especially from a coaching standpoint. Hugely talented roster. They just can't find the right coach. Um, my problem with Baker is, though, he's he's like a gunslinger in all the worst ways. He doesn't really push the ball downfield when you could take a risk. And then he makes really bad tight window throws in the middle of the field like and in, in down in distances when it doesn't make sense to. Like first and 10 throwing into bad windows. But then on like third and nine, he's going to check it down. It's just he doesn't ever seem to be on the page you, you would hope your quarterback to be on, and he just doesn't take care of the ball well enough to be a Tannehill.
0: Yeah, he's he's, he's interesting because he, he's he got talent, and at times he has spark. Uh, and the weird thing is Cleveland loves him because he really does embody Cleveland. But one of the funniest commentaries I've seen about Baker Mayfield is about is about Joe Burrow. You know, Joe Burrow's going in locker rooms after games smoking cigars. You know, Baker bursts on the field. He did the Brett Favre show, photo shoot where he basically, like, hey, like, wore the jeans and, 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 like, recreated that whole scene. It was super awesome. And then he did the photo shoot with, like, the Lions. Everyone's like, this guy's badass, and he's hilarious on these All-State commercials, you know and And so, everyone wants Baker Mayfield to be this guy that he probably never will be talent wise. And so the the thing that people are saying is Joe Burrow is who Baker Mayfield tries to be because <laughs> Joe Burrow really is the the mix of eloquent and like likable. and like you love this guy and he wears the fucking glasses and, and the press conferences, But then he actually goes out and and pre- presents it on the field. So uh, I do think it's a shame that Baker Mayfield isn't better.
2: Yeah, it it sucks. And like you say, he's super charismatic. I think his commercials are great. I think he's a good guy who might like have a second chapter as like an actor or something because he he definitely has some pretty good comedic timing. And I I really think he's entertaining, but he's not a good quarterback. (laughs) Also,
1: you got to love the story, right? The underdog, uh, you know, went from, uh, uh, you know, no no scholarship, no D1 scholarship offers, uh, goes, you know, enters as a walk-on, wins starting job at well, not one but two, uh, two uh, Big Twelve schools, and then winds up going number one overall in the in the NFL draft. That's it's pretty pretty remarkable deal, right? Yeah. So Newman, and then and then and then sets the record for rookie, um, right? Didn't he have doesn't he have the rookie record for touchdown passes? Right, or he did. Um, so yeah, my tweet of the week uh, from Bill Barnwell. My other thought. Taysom's grown too powerful to control and he's going to be the head coach too. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously touching back on Sean Payton's stepping away. um, Just kind of a weird, funny little take on that. Uh, The Taysom Hill thing going on in, in new Orleans. um, I don't know, but it it would be kind of funny if all of a sudden they're like, yeah, he's going to be (laughs) that
0: at quarterback (laughs) slash tight end slash head coach. (laughs) <laughs> the the Taysom Hill thing is so fucking weird because he's not even young. The guy the guy did like the Mormon, um, well, whatever, the missionary trip after college, which I'm sorry, but Jesus. Like, how religious you are, like I think God's going to understand if you go fucking do what you were meant to do with just playing the NFL or whatever. But uh so, you know, doesn't even get drafted until he's like 27. So now he's, he's 31, 32 years old, signs this weird contract, which he's Sean Payton's like love child, you know, like he's a product of Sean Payton's like arrogance and thinking that he can turn this guy into a quarterback. So they sign him to this unreasonable deal. Now, Sean Payton leaves. Like, it's going to be a really weird situation for the saints. Like what, what the fuck do you do? And what coach wants to come and inherit that Taysom Hill contract or project? Cause you almost, you almost think like how much he's getting paid. You almost have to like come in with an open mind. Like
1: maybe this guy can be our quarterback. Who do you think would be the best coach to actually go in there and make it work with Taysom Hill? Dable outside of Sean Payton. <laughs> Dabble,
0: who Dable who just got hired Dable who just got hired for the Giants. So, I think they're shit out of luck. H- how about Greg Roman?
1: True, yeah, I don't think Greg right? Roman's looking for a head coaching <laughs> job though. No, but I mean, if you're going to say somebody that could actually make it work, I I said this a few years ago. I thought if you put Taysom Hill kind of let him run Lamar-style offense that he was running a few years back, he might be able to play it pretty well at right. least reasonably I think Greg Groman could actually you know build a system around him that that would be effective at the NFL level especially with that defense um, and I mean given what New Orleans has at quarterback he might be their best option this year so
2: for sure I know there's a lot of a lot of you know kind of heat and it's trending towards Josh McDaniels being a favorite candidate for Oakland but I think that he's another guy I mean he's t- an, a, an athletic not really quarterback, who's super religious. I mean, he's made it happen once. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's kind of true.
1: <laughs> we also had Cam Newton. That uh, the, the, they were
2: doing a lot of run-heavy stuff. Working, yeah, they were, they, it was great in the red zone. It's just he didn't get to the red zone very often, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, honorable mention for the for the tweets of the week is uh, I discovered that Dick Buck is, has a Twitter account, which I didn't was not familiar with. Uh, if you don't know, Dick Buckus says he's a legendary linebacker for the Bears, but he's not a young man. He's, like, in his 70s. Like, he's old enough to be your grandfather. Um, and as it turns out, this dude is active as fuck on Twitter. And Twitter does not seem like it lends itself to, like, an older, like, boomer generation type guy. But this, 79. 79. 79 years old. And this guy tweets, like, your 16-year-old sister. But, like, like not, not in, like, an annoying Brittany Matthews way. Like, in, like, he tweets, like, seven times a day. Like, he's hilarious. So, he's been going after Aaron Rodgers, and it's fucking hysterical. Like, just absolutely, you have to absolutely love it if you're a Bears fan, but... So, he gets his blue check mark the other day, and he comes on, and he says, ooh, so does this blue uh, check mark mean that I can remove people from this platform? And he's like, I'm looking at you, Aaron Rodgers. And then Ar- Aaron Rodgers obviously loses last week, and he tweets out, Maybe it's me, but it almost seemed like Aaron Rodgers was distracted last night. Maybe someone was in his head. <laughs> this dude's a fucking <laughs> savage.
1: I love it. Yeah, I'm here for it. Do you absolutely love
0: it? I wonder. Like, is is is? is I wonder if like a grandson like came along and was like, "Dude, you're a spicy motherfucker." Because I've 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 listened to Dick Buck has talk before. Like he is funny and he's like ornery. Like he he goes yeah. he he says what's on his mind. But I wonder if it had to be like one of his grandsons coming up to him like, dude, you're hilarious. Like, let's get you on Twitter and like walk them through. I'd love to see like a a grandson like walking Dick Buckus through Twitter, (laughs) like one of the most punishing linebackers in NFL history. Like, hey, so anything that
1: comes in your head, you can just type it on here and then spit it out. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think that's how that's working. (laughs) Just (laughs) say I'm pretty sure he's not. He's not on Twitter
0: actively typing up. You don't think he's writing these and just throwing them out there? Because they're like, there's no punctuation. They're like all lowercase. (laughs) I think someone is doing it for him. (laughs) I don't know, man. There's like no punctuation. Like they they never start with like capital letters. (laughs) There's no like periods. I think he's fucking just, I think he's got a phone or an iPad and he's just like sitting on his back porch, like smoking cigars and just like fucking rage tweeting at Aaron (laughs) (laughs) Rodgers.
2: It's keeping the rivalry alive, dude. I love Never it. for some guys,
0: I love it. I yeah, mean, as so a, as a Vikings fan, if if, if like an old fashioned Vikings, like if, if if fucking Bud Grant was taking shots at Aaron Rodgers openly, like that would be awesome. And you, Aaron Rodgers, like what's he gonna do if 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 yeah. he if he goes on defensive, he's attacking an old man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. It's one of these beautiful can't win situations for Aaron Rodgers. So God bless you, Dick is for putting Aaron Rodgers in even more awkward situations than he puts himself in this year. But for sure. Yeah absolutely fucking beautiful it's staying in the NFC North uh, Nathaniel Hackett and speaking of Aaron Rodgers Nathaniel Hackett is hired uh this week for the for the Broncos um head coach, head coach. so this is huge does it mean anything Newman
1: I'm not real high on this hire I just I don't know like what's Nathaniel Hackett's resume uh yes he was with the Packers and he's got some accolades for having been with the Packers but The players that were good on the Packers were already good before he got there. Uh, Previous to that, he was with Blake Bortles and the Jags. Um, And I mean, even if you look at like who's trying to bring in in terms of his other coaches, it's not super inspiring. I think that this is a team that's going to take a step back unless unless they're completely putting all their eggs in the single basket that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers because of this connection to Nathaniel Hackett.
2: That's, that's to me the only way it makes sense it's like you watch one of those like crime movies or whatever and the guy's trying to get part of the crew he's like no 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 I got the score I can do this like I got the score and then it like fucking falls through and they I'm like whacking the guy like it, it, to me it, it, the only way this makes sense is if hackett's like I can deliver Aaron Rodgers like that's his resume because nothing else on his resume stands out so how immediately does he get fired if he doesn't deliver
1: Aaron Rodgers this year like
2: um, halfway
1: through the season <laughs>
0: And man, dude, if that's if that's their only motivation, and by the way, Nathaniel Hackett, very questionable hire. I think, I think. I mean, he's he's been good with Aaron Rodgers, but do you really need to be that good with Aaron Rodgers? And then prior to Aaron Rodgers, he was coaching Blake Bortles for the Jaguars. Like, I just wonder, like, okay, like it, it is a questionable hire, but. It's bold to do this without having prior conversations to Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's a huge gamble. That's like fucking throwing a house party and getting, like, an inflatable castle in your backyard. Because, you know, Tim from work likes inflatable castles. And then, like, going to work and being like, hey, Tim, you coming to my party? I got that fucking castle. And then Tim never shows up. Like, (laughs) like, oh, fuck, man. I was really hoping Tim was going to get here. I spent $1,000 on this thing. And so now you just look ridiculous. So, like, it, it, it's it's a weird gamble to me, and I don't think they can even, like, talk to Rodgers. I mean, surely Nathaniel Hackett could have talked to him prior to leaving, but do you really? Do we really think, like, Rodgers has special relationships like this? You know what I'm saying? Like, outside of Devontae
2: Adams... a warm and fuzzy guy. No,
1: outside of Devontae Adams, is, he, is anyone, like, really, really R- R- like Randall, him? Co- Randall Cobb, like, yeah. his, Jordy Nelson. His receivers all tend to like him. I don't know about his quarterback
2: coach or,
0: yeah. Quiet people that don't talk. Those are the people think, that Aaron I Rodgers
2: think, is friends with. This, Am I I right? Am I wrong in remembering? Doesn't Greg Jennings not like him? Oh, Greg Jennings hates him, dude. Yeah, like vocally does not like him. Yes.
0: No, and that's what I'm saying. Greg Jennings is super outspoken, was on the old spice commercials, kicks Greg Jennings out. Devontae Adams, super quiet. You know, like a he's like a he's a very like, you know, go go with the flow guy. Same with Randall Cobb. All the people that tend to like Aaron Rodgers, they're very much like fall in line type people, like I could yeah. I could picture Aaron Rodgers like going on a political rant and like you want Mercedes Lewis around you when that happens you don't want like you don't want like Antonio <laughs> Brown <laughs> but it, it is it's it's a weird gesture and a, and a weird hire if, if the only motivation is to get Aaron Rodgers it's it's ballsy really ballsy
1: I mean with Aaron Rodgers I think that's a team that is you know borderline Super Bowl contender um, maybe right where the Packers are right now but without Aaron Rodgers. Are they any better than they were last year? I don't think so. I think they're probably worse. Vic Fangio is an elite defensive coordinator. Yes. Elite. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question. And we we've talked about it a lot. Would Aaron why would Aaron Rodgers even want to go there? You you have a cushy role in the NFC North currently. Like, no matter how bad the Packers get next year, the Vikings are gonna suck. The Bears are gonna suck. The Lions are gonna suck. He can run that division. It's it's gonna be easy. You're gonna want to go to a division with fucking Justin Herbert. And Patrick Mahomes, and uh, uh, potentially, I've I've been hearing rumors that McDaniel's is going to be hired this this uh, this weekend for the Raiders. Um, So that could be an interesting power shift there.
2: And I mean, either way, I mean the Raiders, probably one of the worst ones in recent memory. Still made the playoffs last year, and I mean the Broncos to me are squarely the worst team in that division from a roster standpoint. Yep. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers can change any roster, can you can bump it up a little bit, but. I don't think Aaron Rodgers alone makes them better than the Chargers or the Chiefs. Definitely not the Chiefs. I don't think it makes them better than Chargers.
0: Yeah, I've always thought the the Broncos. You know, the, the, it's like destiny that he's going to end up there. I think it's a little weird. I I could name multiple teams that I think would be a better fit for him. So it's odd. The Nathaniel and I, it was the first head coach that was hired too, right? I think he was hired, and then Eberflus was was hired shortly after. In terms of this this new cycle. <clears throat> I think
1: officially yes. Isn't that a yeah.
0: weird first coach to hire? Like he, I don't even know if he was in on many people's radars. Like I don't know, it's a weird move. I, I love the oh, GM. I love the GM for for uh, Patton or whatever his name is. Uh, for uh, George uh, George Payton. Yeah, George Payton. I'm so bad at pronouncing last names. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love him, and everyone seems to love him. But then you go out and you get like this vanilla guy. It's a weird, really weird hire to me.
2: I love that you struggle on Payton and just crushed Everfluce. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, Everflus gets
1: hired for the Colts or from the Colts to uh, to the Bears, which is interesting, I think. yeah,
2: The uh, Josh and, McDaniels coaching tree.
1: Yeah. Another hire that I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Josh McDaniels hired him for the Colts, then never took the job and he stayed, which is interesting. Um, I don't know that I'm super high on Everflus either, like systematically what he wants to run in terms of he's very much Tampa, 2, which is kind of going by
2: the wayside. Um, but that's the, thing, that's the thing that scares me. I think the Colts defense worked because they have Darius Leonard. There's not a lot of Darius Leonard's out there. I mean, he, he is a linebackers
1: coach. He's, he's renowned for being pretty good at that. I don't know that he's necessarily a bad defensive coordinator. Colts defense always played well. Um, but is he going to be the defensive coordinator on the, uh, for the bears or is he going to be, you know, more of the CEO style? And the biggest question is for the bears, I I would have leaned hard to try to get an offensive guy to develop Justin Fields. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Bears hires is, is also really weird. Also hilarious, by the way. They go from Matt and Ryan to Matt and Ryan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they they replace Ryan Pace with Ryan Poles, and they they replace Matt Nagy with Matt Eberflus.
0: So someone was talking about this. Is it's it's interesting part about the Bears, which is like they're like they're not. They're not, like, uh, self-made billionaires that bought the Bears. And so the Bears organization is, is unique in that it's, like, been a, a asset that's been, like, passed down from generation to generation. So they're not, like, these savvy businessmen like a lot of all these other organizations are being run by. It's, like, this old fucking lady who, like, loves, loves the Bears and has always been told she's a Bears fan. And so, like, that's... The thing with me with the Bears, like that, that's why I rated them so low. When we were talking about the organizations I want to go for, go to, like I question a lot of the decisions that are being made at the top of that organization.
1: I do think, so by the way, though, I do think Polls is a great hire, GM. He's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, so for this particular cycle, they brought in um, uh, Bill Polian, who is a renowned GM. Obviously, built the Colts into what they were during all those Peyton Manning years. Pre- prior to that, he took a Panthers team that was uh, you know inaugural season to the next season going to the nfc championship game um he can really build the team uh knows a lot about football i worry that he's obviously getting older and there's a reason he's no longer in the business he also built the bills uh and and they're they're super bowl appearance years but um you could definitely feel his influence on this ryan poles is you know, from Chris Ballard probably worked with him when he was in Kansas, or definitely worked with him when he was in Kansas City. And Bill Polian still has his pulse on what's going on with the Colts. So then you go grab a Colts uh, defense coordinator in Eberflus. A lot of Bill Polian here. The one thing about the fact that the uh, the Bears owners don't really know a lot about business, they kind of let the people, the football people, run the team. Which, as a football person, I would want to be able to do that and not have owners you Know mingling so or meddling.
0: I'm gonna have to disagree with you about Bill Polian. by the way. Did he really build a great team in Indianapolis? Because he never put a great offensive line around Peyton Manning. Like, how many game, how many great rosters did that team have? I don't think he was a great GM at all. I question a lot of the decisions he made with the Colts, had a bunch of whiffs at, off, at offensive line, so many it was innumerable whiffs at. And on the defensive side of the ball, like the guy could not draft a, an elite defender to save his life. Um Is mm. was I mean, look at that, Dwight Freeney. Oh, Dwight, yeah, Dwight. He he hit a few. Bob Sanders. He hit a few. He, he Bob hit, Sanders he hit, he only played some. a couple seasons. Like they never had an elite defense, and and uh, it was always Peyton Manning dragging the
1: sled. I mean, and then offensive line, Tariq Glenn was an absolute man. Like, he was a monster, at tackle for him. So, I mean, I don't think that – and Jeff Saturday was a really good grab for them. I don't think that he was incapable. And, I mean, he was very effective. The thing is, don't even look at the Colts. I mean, his other prior histories, all consistently winners. Yeah. I just – he won because he had Peyton
0: Manning for for almost his entire tenure there. He, he, He drafted Peyton Manning, which is great. It was his first year as GM for, for for the Colts. He didn't do a lot after that. That's all I'm saying. Like you drafted drafted easily the, a top three talent ever at the position,
1: and then it, it, they, I mean, they won one Super. You drafted some other Hall of Famers. Now Peyton Manning obviously helped them get there, but massively helped them get there. Are we talking about Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison
0: <laughs> and Edger and James? Yeah, Edger and James. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm I'm just saying. Bill Polian, by the way, not that beloved in, in Indianapolis. They kind of wanted him out from from what I understand. Um, but yeah, so I don't know why we want to do a bill Bullion conversation. conversation. <laughs> well, let's talk about the games this week. Cause, uh, it's, I got some, some shit I need to, to get off my chest. Uh, so Bengals chiefs chiefs, massive, uh, uh, favorites in this game by seven points. And it's worrisome to me. The whole country is rooting for Joe Burrow. And if there's anyone that can get it done, it's him. But there's a lot on the line here we either are going to be done with Brittany Matthews and Jackson Mahomes for the rest of the off season. We don't have to see them because without Patrick Mahomes, we would never even know those two existed. Uh, but unfortunately because of Pat, Pat Mahomes, they get to spray water at people and shoot people with champagne at games. So, and, uh, Post a little weird TikToks on the sidelines of memorials. so we're we're forced to to engage and 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 know that they exist. But Joe Burrow can make that all go away this week. Is, is there is there anybody that's rooting for the Chiefs that isn't a Chiefs fan
2: this week? I, I, I don't see, met and, unless they're an AFC North fan and really hate Cincinnati that much. That's the only way I can I can really wrap my mind around that.
0: Let me ask you guys a question: Are we unfair in our criticisms uh, or? not just us we're, we're talking like millions millions of people go after Brittany matthews uh for, for the things that she does in jackson mahomes do you think it's unfair are we are we being too much i, I know we're it's kind of our our, our stick to make fun of people and, and 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 joke about these type of things but are we too harsh like, what,
1: what do you guys think about that no we're not <laughs> um she deserves every little bit of of criticism that she's gotten especially over the last week uh she sprays the fans who reportedly were Alcoholics Anonymous members, uh, not who are not in her booth, right? No sprays way. Sprays them with champagne. Are you serious? Yeah. I did not hear yeah, that. that. That that is that is at least one rumor that came out. Um <laughs> sprays them with champagne uh after the game, right? Which if any one of us, we we talked about this, if any if, if any one of us does that immediately you get kicked out of the game you're never allowed back in that stadium etc she just oh yeah no we're just having fun i'm just spraying people who don't want to be sprayed with champagne after a game that are going to now have to go drive home in their vehicles uh with champagne right um and and then comes out and just like i just want to do what i want and not have to face the consequences
0: Yeah, you're referring to her tweet. Yeah, so she she is just in her Twitter profile, like if we're talking about how funny Dick Buckus is on, on Twitter, um, she's the exact opposite. Cause Dick Buckus is kind of like, oh, funny old man. She like tweets like every five minutes during games, and they're just they're weird tweets. They're not even like interesting. It's not like it's good commentary. Like her tweets last week during the game. Come on, with like five ends, he should have ran them over, Laffy Face. We running today, boy. And then, damn, well he ran him over, Freezy Face. Aw, shit, all caps, bunch of bunch of flames. I see you, fifteen. Our defense don't play no games. Like, what is she? And, and so pe- people have been criticizing us a lot, commenting, and, it, and, and like Derek said, it's, it's just Chiefs fans because everybody else can't stand these people. Um, and it, it is. They, so, so Chiefs fans are telling us, hey, you guys are being ridiculous. Like, this is how fans react. Like, she's just a fan. No, she's not just a fan. She's an annoying fucking fan. And you know what annoying fans get? You know how people treat annoying fans on Twitter? They roast them. It doesn't. You don't have to be the the, the girlfriend of, of a player. Like annoying fans on t- get roasted on Twitter all the time. That's the nature of Twitter. You're reacting, and then people are reacting to your reactions. So if you have a bad take, you're going to get roasted. So she gets roasted, and, and she just always just complaining. Like, oh, I wish people wouldn't take all these shots at me.
2: Well, then maybe don't be
0: such a insufferable person. Just unlikable.
2: Yeah. I, I think we have to like. I mean, go back to the Colin Cowherd thing. Like, there's a there's kind of a social contract on social media. There's a give and take you 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 dish out shit then you have to be able to take it. Um if you do something dumb you have to take ownership of it. She just doesn't she's not interested in that take part. She just spews garbage into the world and then anytime it comes back to her she like fucking shelters behind some stereotype. Oh, stop bullying me. Like we're not bullying you. We're we're we're, we're judging things you did of your own volition cuz you're a fucking idiot. Yeah.
0: It's exactly it. Like hey, I don't want to be judged. Well then, you know, Quit saying things that we're, we can judge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, 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 and how many girlfriends, how many wives are there in, of NFL quarterbacks and superstars in the league that you never hear about? Like, even Giselle, she got a little bit of shit, but she, you know, she was talking shit to fans during the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, but that is how a real fan reacts, how Giselle reacted, where she was just kind of like defending her man, but she didn't go on like a tweet storm. You know, she reportedly was kind of talking shit at the game. That's how fans react. They don't fucking post TikToks and, like, do all these annoying tweets. Like, it, to me, she, she acts like a child, and she gets treated like a child. Um, she, she, unfortunately, is the girlfriend of the most talented quarterback in the NFL. So, naturally, the spotlight's going to be on, on her. We wouldn't even know who she is if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes. So, she has a platform. My problem is that she uses it in a weird, cringy way that nobody likes.
2: It's it's weird to me. Like the whole family is seems to be latching on his stardom and view themselves as stars just because of their affiliation to him. And it's undeserved. And it's weird because it's a team that grew up like his dad's a professional athlete. They grew up in you know the limelight to a degree, at least around fame to a degree. And like even his his mom wearing that jersey says QB producer. Like, is that your identity? You're, you 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 birth Patrick Mahomes. Like that's your identity. Which
1: he didn't. She, she's not a QB producer. She had, she got lucky one time with one <laughs> yeah. sperm. She got lucky with one sperm.
2: That's right? a little much. Okay. Let's not go too far down that path. <laughs> but, but it's just, it's, it's just, it seems to me, it's just so weird that like all of them seem to have their identity. So wrapped up in, in Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I see Derek's point though. She, she did. She created Patrick Mahomes. Like you can't take that away from her. She did do yeah. it with a professional baseball player, but okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. that, that, I, I, I yeah. see, I see you're saying, but, so
1: she's well, annoying. Too.
0: She's annoying. <laughs> the, the brother's annoying. Yeah. People are calling him mis- misogynistic. We're not misogynistic. We give Jackson Mahomes, who last I checked as a man, just as much shit because he's just as cringy in total lack of self awareness from all of them. The mom is, Oh my God, she's so annoying. So annoying.
2: And I think to me, the the differentiator is, is the interaction with the fans. It's like when Giselle says shit, it's like somebody recorded her and she didn't know she was like in an elevator or she's just saying stuff like on social media, just into the, the ether, but like for, for Brittany, it's like, she's interacting with fans, talking shit to fans, like on a one-to-one level. It's like, she, it just feels like punching down a lot. For and sure. I don't. And I just, I think that's to what makes it like really distasteful to a lot of people.
0: Oh yeah. She, I mean, she, so Patrick Mahomes got hit during the game and I was watching, um, I was watching, you know, t- that, that, uh, Brittany's tweets during last game. Cause somebody mentioned that she live tweets during the game. So I'm like, all right, I got to take a look at this. And she's deleted a lot of those tweets from that day. But Patrick Mahomes got hit, and she had, like, in all caps, like, JACKASS. So she's, like, not even, like, completely tame online, but now she's playing this role. That people are wearing this Team Brittany shirt, which it donates to, you know, bullying awareness, which is a good cause. Like, okay, more power to you. That That's kind of cool. But for you to be the victim in that is fucking weird. You're not getting bullied at all. I, I don't buy that, that you are getting bullied. And she's coming yep. out and just talking about, oh, you know, I, I just wish, like like Newman said, I, w- I just wish I could do whatever I wanted without consequences, which is the gist of one of her tweets earlier this week. It's like, I wish people just didn't always attack me. I wish I could just do, I think she actually said, I wish I could just do whatever I wanted. Whatever I wanted. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? That is, <clears throat> and I, I told my dad earlier this week, she is Marie Antoinette. And I mean that in all the worst ways you can mean that about Marie Antoinette. The the princess who said, you know, let them who famously said let them eat cake when the French were starving. <laughs> and she's in the palace, like eating cake, and, and that's exactly it. Her up in her booth watching that Chiefs game. Those Chiefs fans are down in the fucking muck. She she probably has a heater in there and everything, and she's spraying them with champagne. I don't even care if they want it. Like you still don't do it. And she does it from her high tower. And it is funny, It's the second time that her and that family have done that this this year at the Ravens game. Jackson Mahomes dumped an entire bottle of water on the Ravens fan. So, like, they do this to themselves. I have no pity for, the, for them, and I just want them to go away. And the most interesting thing that they've done is they've made me kind of hate Patrick Mahomes, who might be the most likable human being ever. And I don't know if you've noticed this on, like, NFL groups and everything. The Chiefs are all of a sudden the bad guys. People don't like the Chiefs anymore. They're becoming like this, and it happens with every empire in sports. When you're good, people want to take shots at you. But I don't know if they'd be getting all this criticism, uh, especially because of how good Mahomes is, if it wasn't for his family. Nobody insults Mahomes. Everybody insults his family. Nobody takes shots at Andy Reid. Yeah, right. Nobody takes shots at him. He's beloved.
2: Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting, too, because, like, Patrick Mahomes is just such like a, like, He's he's like vanilla ice cream. Like he's so fucking boring and plain. Just to be <laughs> surrounded by this like circus is just such a weird like juxtaposition. It's like what is going on? And if you're him it's like how do you not say, "Hey guys, like it's the middle of the season. I can't take any distractions. Get this shit in check."
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and an act of bullying is not is 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 an act of bullying? Not pouring uh, a drink on somebody like you walk up to the party, you just like dump like you, the it, you see it in all the little movies, right? The bully walks up and dumps his beer on top of the kid,
2: it, or, or dancing on a deceased yeah. player's n- number on the sideline.
1: Yeah, like they're they're they're, they're <laughs> some of the biggest bullies there is. Like using your platform to just make it seem like you're the you're the guilty, you're the innocent party in all this when you're really the guilty, never taking ownership. Yeah. total
0: Total bully vibes. And to me, what's inherent in bullying is bullying are kind of like the quiet kids. And, like, people go out of their way to pick on them for her to say she's the bully she's like an entertainer she, she's a public figure for her to say she's mm-hmm. a bully it'd almost be like going in and doing a, and like acting in a play and just being horrible not knowing any of your lines and just being awful and then a critic comes after you after the game and it's like hey they didn't actually know I don't think they even read the script and they were absolutely terrible last night I did not enjoy the performance and then being like man why is this guy bullying me <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what it is you put yourself out there
2: yeah. yep or you know, Jackson Mahomes using his platform to try to get a bar to fucking shut down. Like, oh my god, <sighs> the shot that the bar took back. Anyway, what's was, what's really? So you know, who, who's really doing the bullying here, guys? And right, they,
0: exactly. It is. It is apropos. They call themselves the Chiefs Kingdom, and they really are. They're like they're like this fucking stuck-up royalty.
2: Yeah, it's it's tough. It's
0: yes, pretty hard to watch. Not
2: not, not a very Midwest vibe going on. <laughs> let's let's go, Joe. Yeah. Any <laughs> chance?
1: Any chance? For for Cincinnati, what do you guys think? They beat them head to head, so there's absolutely a chance, right? It wasn't that long ago. Now, do things kind of have to go right for them? Absolutely. Um, Some things certainly went right for them in that game. Uh, You get you know forcing the Chiefs kind of the Chiefs playing choosing to play man uh, against their pass coverage. But we don't know if Teron Matthews is going to play in this game. That hurts their secondary. Uh, and they have elite wide receivers, right? So if they stick to it and they're just like, we're going to air it out, uh, we're going to let Joe Burrow, you know, do his thing, they definitely have a chance. Um, can you create a turnover defensively? Can your defense hold up against them, uh, get a stop or two? Um, but, yeah, that's that uh, a
2: chance for sure. Um, and we're all rooting for Burrow here. For sure. Yeah, I think Cincinnati needs a splash play on defense or special teams, probably two or three. Um, I think they can score with them, but I just don't know that that defense slows them down enough without like a turnover.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to roll them personally, um, but yep. I do got to say this: I, you guys know my my man crush on on Burrow, and by the way, we. If you, if any of our listeners think that we hate Patrick Mahomes, we literally used to have a segment the first year we did this podcast where we would pause for ten minutes and admire how good Patrick Mahomes is. We have always loved Patrick Mahomes. This, this, this podcast has always been an admirer of Patrick Mahomes, in, in in the in the biggest way possible. Well, now guess what? That ship sailed because his family's annoying as shit. Joe Burrow's the new man in town, and I just really <laughs> want to see it. Like, if anybody can can, and these are almost unfathomable odds. To, to overcome because the Chiefs are just firing on all cylinders. But if anyone can do it, it's fucking Joe. And, I, dude, I got to tell you, if it happens, holy shit, man. That, he's already a legend for, for winning the games that he has with, I would say, a mediocre team around him. Um, he's got a lot of weapons, but his offensive line is shit. His defense is mediocre. Like, he is driving the sled here. And if he pulls this off, holy shit. If he beats Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead, holy fuck, dude. Yep. I mean induct the guy into the hall of fame like that is that is massive. It is so hard to lose an Arrowhead or win an Arrowhead. So hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 49ers Rams um uh, G- Jimmy G, holy shit, dude. This guy is really beat up. He keeps hurting things on his throwing arm. Like dude, he he I don't even know how he's throwing the football at this point. Did not look good last week in a, in a really good um in a, in, in a game that they absolutely had no business winning, but somehow they still did with Jimmy G just being absolutely atrocious. But what do you guys think about this? I mean, is, is can they, can they possibly win this game?
2: 49ers? Um, I mean, I, I think they can just because there's been a, it gets in your head when you, when you have a hard time being a team and, and it kind of gets in your head when, when the first play goes wrong, you automatically default. out. Oh, okay, well, here we go again. Um, so I think there's a mental edge that San Francisco has actually, for sure. Um, but at the same time, this is another situation. Like I I really, really, really want the 49ers to lose because I think their fans are fucking annoying. They have all really? this like sw- they have all this like cockiness and swag to them and, or, and it's in the Bang Bang better. Niner it's, gang. It's like when when's the last time they actually won something? Like 95. They're, they're not right. So they are they're, they're, they're all young. they're all, you know, leveraging Things That their parents celebrated, you know, half of the, some of these younger guys and, and things that have, you know, hasn't happened in a very long time. Um, and they're already, you know, sending out uh, you see the memes where like it shows Shanahan with his family and they photoshopped McVeigh onto one of his kids and they just have this like air about him. They haven't done anything. And Jimmy G is a the definition of a mediocre NFL quarterback.
0: Yeah. If you look at Jim, Jimmy G statistically in the playoffs, he's atrocious only lost one game though then super bowl um, so he's 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 interesting because if you look at Jimmy G's uh, win loss record with the 49ers it is fucking elite like really really good when he, when he is healthy the 49ers are good and they're going to the playoffs it's it's been proven like their his first full healthy season they went to the super bowl um, he he managed to be just healthy enough and they had a really solid winning record when he was playing um and he, they really have a good record with him overall, but if you look at his stats in these games, it's just like what Mina Kime says: he's the guy in the group project that doesn't actually contribute but still gets an A. And yet, there's something about a quarterback that continues to win.
1: Well, you made a point earlier in the week, and you said, you know, he he's opened as uh one of, he's been one of the biggest dogs like over the course of his playoff career, and yet wins a lot of these games. And I said that he's probably the reason that a lot of these teams are the underdog going into those games because if they actually believed in the quarterback the rest of that roster around him is really really good you know so i mean he's definitely the offense runs at its peak efficiency with him in it uh for now in terms of guys that we've seen under shanahan while he's been with the 49ers but that doesn't mean that it couldn't work better with another guy at the helm. I mean, even Matt Ryan, who we think is, you know, maybe a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, kind of on the borderline. We saw him in, in a Shanahan offense, and he was the driver. You know what I mean? So he won an MVP award. We haven't seen Jimmy do anything of the sort. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's so
0: – obviously, the, the 49ers are just absolutely raped – the Rams, I mean, they just destroyed him,
1: absolutely crushed them over the last few McVay years. They owns, or McVeigh is owned by by Shanahan.
0: But isn't that, so to me, that is where the insult to Jimmy G comes in. If it was any other quarterbacks starting in this situation, the 49ers would be massive favorites because they, or not massive favorites, but they would definitely be favorites because they've owned this uh, this team uh, statistically and just have absolutely just cleaned their clock. The last game was really close, but the game prior to that not close at all. And if you look at their, mm-hmm. if you look at the scores in their prior games, like Shanahan really does have have his number. But in this in this contest, I think the Rams are
1: going to kick their ass. Hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, I would prefer the Rams to win this game um, because, like like Derek said, I've kind of seen enough of the Forty Nine ers. They've won enough Super Bowls already as fan base. Uh, the Rams have never won a Super Bowl in LA, I don't think. Right, so I mean, that'd be much more appreciative. Also, being a Florida State fan, I got you know my boys Cam Akers and Jalen Ramsey on the field, so I want to see them. But deep, that matchup, I mean, are they going to shadow Debo with Jalen Ramsey? I think that'll be interesting to see because Jalen Ramsey's you know one of the best corner, the best corner in the league. But he's also one of the most versatile players defensively, right? Like he can play, you can play him at safety, you can play him at corner. Um, and he kind of got it handed to him a little bit last week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um it's it's I think I think this uh it's it's gonna it's, this this weekend is so interesting. It could be two ass whoopings, but I think both the uh, the teams on the other end are so scrappy that they could also be really good games. But it, it is also like Nothing is ever going to compare to last week. So no matter what we see this weekend, it's it's impossible for it to possibly match up to last week. So got a lot, got a huge, uh, huge weekend to compete against this this weekend. It's it, it can't possibly yeah. match up.
2: Those games could sure. have been any better, and there was four of them. Right. So yeah. just in the the sheer math of there only being two games, it can't be as good of a weekend.
0: Final thing, right. guys. What would you say? What what Super Bowl do you
1: want to see? Bengals Rams. Same.
0: See, I I want to see Bengals Rams just because I don't want to see Mahomes. However, Mahomes is family anymore. However, I will say I do think the most entertaining game. It I think I think the Rams Chiefs. You remember a few years ago that Mahomes Golf just absolute fucking slugfest. I think I think it was like forty five to like fifty
2: four. Whatever I mean, it, it, it would that would definitely be the best game. But I just can't take the risk of another chiefs Super Bowl and, and the rest of that ancillary. family just I can't do it I can't do it (laughs) I mean it'd it'd be a pretty epic feat going to three straight Super Bowls
1: and nearly going to another one you know except for D4 jumping offside so
0: isn't that so funny it's just like what I said earlier we're not rooting against Patrick Williams; like we're rooting against his family it's so fucking weird I can't think of another example of this not just in the NFL in any
1: sport ever there's never been this annoying of a family yeah yep per Brandon Brister logic though uh, the team who should win this is the Bengals because they have a quarterback on a rookie deal. The other 3 do not. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think that's I think we all know that's nonsense, but we'll see. All right guys, any closing
1: thoughts? Uh I mean, there's a, some rumors that Tom Brady may retire, so I mean, that would be you know, that another landscape a land, a land um land shift moment there. Yes. I was I was listening
0: to the pod, to a, a barstool podcast and uh, they had Julian Edelman on this week and uh, they Julian Edelman FaceTime Tom Brady and then they cut the pod um, for oh, for thirty wow. minutes and then they came back on and they said uh, Tom Brady didn't know he was on the on FaceTime so we're actually going to edit that part of the pod out um, so that's pretty interesting because because apparently they were talking for like a half an hour and Tom Brady didn't even know that he was like there like they were like recording it. So they, they actually cut it out. So God knows what was said there, but I mean, I think he's coming back.
1: We'll see. I mean, the door is open, so. For sure.
0: All right, guys. I'm all to see with the sports memory podcast, have a great night.